0: Well, it's a little hard to believe that it's Wednesday night, and that we've been here uh, since last Thursday. And tomorrow we will be leaving, but it has been a wonderful week. I cannot say enough good things about the Adam Street Church of Christ. Um, Many of you, uh, I did not know well before I came, but we all know each other now. We are brothers and sisters in Christ and we share a bond that no matter where we're at or where we go, we'll always be brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is a special bond. And that is a bond to be proud of, to be happy of, and uh, it's like no other bond in the world. When you travel the world and you come across brethren, you're with family. And when I've been with family this week, I hope that something I've said or one of the young men have said this week has helped you to transform your lives a little bit more to please God. It's my goal is that every day that I live, that I want to be better each day, that I want to transform my life in such a way that one day I'm going to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want you to be able to hear that as well. Tonight, on my final lesson... This is a sermon that I love and and I hope that it's one that will inspire us all to think about the Lord's church and how precious she is to us. Termites in the church of Christ. If you've ever had a house or a building that has been infested with termites, you know you've got Uh, in store for you uh, a lot of serious work. A little termite in a year's time can uh, a colony of termites can destroy a house. And so termites and the Lord's church too can destroy it down all the way to the foundation. Now they're not going to destroy the foundation because the foundation is laid on Christ. But they'll take away every beam, every uh, supporting structure, if you allow. Our job as Christians are to keep the termites out of the Lord's church. Let's talk about these termites. You can see here this beautiful church building, and you can see here these giant, ugly-looking termites. They're fat and juicy off of tearing down what so many have built up. Adam Street Church of Christ has been here many years. I know many faithful brethren that have have labored here and have built it up to what it is today. Never allowed to be torn down. You can see here these red bite marks representing the blood life of the church. When you allow sin, these termites to tear in to the church, the church bleeds out and eventually will die. We've got to exterminate the termites. Let's talk about it. One of the largest termites that we're facing in the Lord's church today is the lack of knowledge. It's a dangerous one. It might be the queen bee of the termite population. Because if we don't know what we're doing here, the church is going to die. If we don't know what it is, To be the unique bride of Christ, the church will die. We must have an intimate knowledge of the Lord, of what He's done for us, and who we are as His people. Hosea 4 verse 6 tells us, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. We talked a few days ago, and I utilized this verse, and I told you in a generation, God can be forgotten. In a generation, the church can fall apart. We are one generation away from apostasy. And it starts with a lack of knowledge. We need to be binding God's Word on our foreheads, in our hearts. We need to be teaching our children the ways of God when we rise up and when we sit down. We need to turn off the television and turn on the conversation about our Lord. We need to spend time around the table breaking our dinner bread and discussing God. Do you deal with your children when they have problems? Do you deal with their problems from Scripture or your opinion on the matter? We need to go back to the Lord on how we need to live our lives. If we fix our homes, we've gone a long way in fixing the Lord's church. Because if there are termites in the Lord's church, I guarantee you, your house is infested with them as well. So, let's get it right from the house forward we need to be teaching our young people we need as leaders their mothers their fathers their grandfathers grandmothers we need to be knowledgeable people in god's word in order to kill the termite it is after all knowledge that leads to faith romans ten seventeen. so faith comes from hearing And hearing the Word of God. Our faith grows, matures, strengthens as we hear the Word of God. And so goes the church. When the church proclaims the Word of God, it is strengthened. But when you diminish the preaching of God's Word, the termites are going to come in and start chewing We've got to uphold faithful gospel preaching. Brother Daniel, when we leave here, I hope that you are fired up and ready to go. And I hope this church has to knock out these walls and put in new pews. I see great things for Adam Street Church of Christ. But we must have knowledge. Gossip. We talked about this the other day. Backbiting. Tearing one another down. Why do we do this? Do we think this is competition? Do we think life is about stepping over others to get to the top? Let it not be so in the Lord's church. Proverbs 16.28 tells us, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. How many friendships... How many brothers and sister relationships in the Lord's church have ended over whispering? If you've got anything to say, say it to the brother. Say it to the sister. And if it can be avoided from being said, don't say it at all. The only time you need to critique, admonish one another. If a sin's being committed, and then it needs to be done between you and that brother. But you better check your own eye first and make sure that you're not guilty of the same matter or worse. We need to be about building up more than tearing down. If we gave more encouragements more than discouragements, I believe we could build a stronger church. And that goes for encouraging your preacher. He needs to hear twice as many attaboys instead of, you could have done betters. Because I guarantee you, if he is a man of God, he realizes the weight that he has as a preacher. And he's given it all he's got. Week in and week out. Does that mean he's not going to make a mistake? Does that mean from time to time he's not going to misquote a Scripture? Does that mean that from time to time his voice may not be as vibrant as it always should be? Sometimes. Maybe it's because his baby was up to 2 in the morning. Maybe it's because his brain got a little fuzzy for a second. Forgive. Move on. Build up. Strengthen. Don't tear down. It doesn't do any good for you. It doesn't do any good for him. And for sure it doesn't do any good for the Lord's church. Proverbs 26, 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. I wish I'd put that in (laughs) the sermon the other day. It goes, doesn't it? For the lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisper, quarreling ceases. You take the gossip, you take the backbiting out, and you'd be surprised at how well everyone gets along. If you're a gossiper, if you're a backbiter, if you can't keep yourself from talking about anybody, make it a practice to make it public. If you're going to have courage to do it in somebody's ear, have the backbone to say it out loud. Otherwise, just be quiet about it. Pray for that individual. Encourage it. Maybe that will strengthen them more than tearing them down. Alright. Apathy. Apathy. Everybody knows what it is to be apathetic, isn't it? You know, early on, we as a family decided, Ann and I, that our children weren't going to play soccer. I know there's probably some gung-ho soccer parents out here, but I would almost rather be drugged by 10,000 horses than to sit and watch a soccer game. And I knew that early on, if my children played soccer, the thousand games they played, I would be an apathetic father towards those games and soccer. I just, it's just not in me to watch soccer. Now, rodeo, riding a horse, basketball, baseball, football, I I can handle them. I can cheer them on. But soccer, I don't know what it is. Please forgive me. I hope I didn't step on anyone's toes about soccer. But to me, it is one of the, I just can't sit there and watch it. It's all right to be apathetic about something like that. But we're talking about the destruction of the Lord's church. We're talking that one day the church could go out of existence if we don't step up and do something about it. And I don't mean that it would go completely out of existence, but it would lie dormant for a while. We have no room to be apathetic about Christ. To be wishy-washy, to, to not care one way or the other what gets done here at this church. Do you care what goes on here? Do you care about the missions? Do you care about the Bible classes? About the curriculum? Do you care what the grounds look like? Are you apathetic towards the work of the church, towards the preaching? Are you a ticket-punching Christian, getting your ticket punch Christian? Come to be served. Let's hear what the Lord has to say about apathy. Anybody ever heard of a place called Laodicea? Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Other translations, other wordings. Vomit. Vomit. You projectile vomiting out the mouth. Doesn't paint a very pretty picture about the way our Lord feels about apathy. You need to decide today, tonight, whether you want to be cold or you want to be on fire. If you are less than anything but on fire for the Lord, I encourage you to either change or just pick up everything you have, go out to your cars and have a good evening. Because otherwise you're doing no good. Otherwise, the Lord wants to take you and vomit you out of His mouth. So, which is it? Are we going to be apathetic? Are we going to be cold, lukewarm? Or are we going to be on fire? There's no middle ground. You need to make up your mind. You need to make a decision. Because one day you're going to be judged by it. And the Lord is going to spew you like he would vomit his matter into the lake of fire. And then you'll be warm. You'll be scalding hot. But I don't want that for you. I don't want it for me. I don't want to be in heaven under the beautiful shade tree of life. And it's going to take being fiery hot right now. But I don't want to be fiery hot come eternity. So you need to choose. Choose wisely. Make your choice. The Lord wants to bless you through eternity. But if you're lukewarm, mm, 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 mm. Romans 12, 11, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. All right. I got to keep moving. I got lots more verses, Daniel, but I got to keep moving. <laughs> Lack of love. Lack of love. Lack of gossip. Lack of apathy. It really stems from a lack of love. If you don't have a love for mankind, lost humanity, the church, your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you don't have a love for Christ Himself, What are you doing here? What are we doing here? It's useless. If we don't have love, love for Christ, love for His Word, love for lost humanity, everything you're doing is useless. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant or rude, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful. Imagine if we could pluck out those members who are impatient unkind, envious, boastful, who are arrogant and rude, who always insist on having it their way, who are irritable and resentful, if we could just plug them out, throw them out the door, wouldn't it be stronger? Wouldn't it be better? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It would die. The Lord's church would die. So what do we do? What must we do when we have problems of impatience, unkindness, envy, boast, arrogance, rude? We've got to repent. We've got to change. We've got to be transformed. We've got to have love. When you look around this room, I encourage you to do that. Look around this room. Do you see the faces of these saints? You ought to feel something special. You ought to feel something different about them than you do any other people in this world. And that's godly love. I look out there and I see beautiful saints. I see saints worthy of having their feet washed by the Savior. Shouldn't we be more patient with one another? More kind? Less boastful, arrogant, and rude? Shouldn't we allow others their own way sometimes? Does it always have to be our way? Let me give you a story. I was at the breakfast table. You've heard me mention before, but... Uh, I just happened to be where I was at at the breakfast table Norman Starling he's an elder in the Lord's Church in St. Marcus and we were spending the weekend with him and a lady called up in tears this was a woman that had been unfaithful for many years early in her Christian walk she had had a daughter who died of leukemia and it, it, it changed who she was Changed everything about her, I can't imagine. And there were some years that she went away from the Lord because of it. But she had come back and rededicated her life and service to God and had been back a few months and had been faithful in attendance, doing all that she could. And she approached the woman, the women that were on the, uh, the main woman on the women's committee who put the flowers out every month. This woman, I mean, she decorated the church building to the hilt with flowers. And they all coordinated in every hallway in the front. And, and the lady called and said, you know, my daughter's fi- fly- favorite flower was a lily. And this Sunday morning, could I put, that, put a little lily arrangement just off in a corner just so that when I walk in, I'll remember her. And, and uh, it'll be a little easier this Sunday. And listen to this. You know, there's going to be some faces that be like. The woman said, that doesn't match her arrangements this month. That's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. That's insisting on your way pretty heavy. Whew. Well, Norman Starner said, you go right ahead. You put those lilies wherever you want. Big of an arrangement you want and and, and we'll say a prayer for you this weekend as well. And, and I will make this right. Whew, you would have hated to hear that conversation that elder had to have with uh, that lady a few minutes later. He told her that that woman's soul was now uh, in her hands, so to speak. And that if she left the Lord's church and walked away, she's going to be held responsible in eternity for it. And that she better get on the phone speaking as an elder and do everything she must do within her power to beg forgiveness and uh, to make things right with that sister. And at the conclusion of the phone, this wonderful elder said, and by the way, you don't need to worry about the flowers anymore. We'll handle that. And uh, so, took that a little uh, with it. But uh, how dare that, sister? This isn't your church. This isn't my church. This is the Lord's church. We are all members. There's no junior member. There's no exalted leaders. Now, there are leaders, but they're going to answer to God for how they lead we're going to talk about that here in a minute five times. But compassion, kindness. What could that woman have done to build that sister up rather than put a termite in her life? Termites tear down the Lord's church. Brethren, it's not about us. We need to have love lead the way. Priorities. Boy, my time is fleeting. Parents, get your priorities right. I'm speaking to myself included. Never put anything excuse me above the Lord, his word, his church. We live in a world that is dictated by school. Getting our kids up seven AM, seven thirty school, three PM pickup, dictated by sports. Hurry up, get your dinner eight by five so you can be on the field at six. By homework, seven to nine. Get your history, math, language arts done. Get your shower and we'll hit it again tomorrow. Where does the Lord fit in? We have become so busy, so misprioritized. Where does the Lord have time? Where do we have time to fit the Lord in? And that's about what we get. Where can I fit Him in? Our lives should revolve around the Lord and His work. And we should try to fit everything else in if we can. Not the other way around. We need to start sacrificing other things rather than sacrificing our God again. Let's give up a few other things if we need to. Let's not give up on God. But seek first the kingdom of God. That's the church, brethren. And His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. What is our goal in life? What is our responsibility? To seek first the kingdom of God. Hypocrisy. First John 4.20 If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You can't preach love if you don't show love. You can't preach the gospel of love about a loving king if you don't have love. Let us not be hypocrites. Let's not preach to others if we haven't first preached to ourselves. False doctrine. I appeal to you, brothers, Romans sixteen seventeen, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. And one of my favorites, Galatians one eight. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary, excuse me, to the one who we preach to you. Let him be accursed. Now, if an angel, or even if the apostles themselves are going to preach a different message, don't listen to them. View them as accursed. Now, I know the good brethren here. We'll make sure Daniel toes the line. I know they are, but we've got to be strong. There are other places that aren't doing it. Let's remain strong in it. Leadership. I want to talk about this before I leave. I can get to water down preaching, but it sort of goes right in hand with false teaching. Y'all aren't going to let that happen here because y'all want to hear strong gospel preaching. Support your, your preacher in that. No leaders. Brethren, the Lord's church can't be what it needs to be without leaders. We've got to have leaders in the Lord's church. We've got to develop our lives from a young age so that when it is time to step into the harness and pull the load as a leader, we're ready to do it. But you've got to develop your life along the way to get it done. We've got to talk to our young men and our boys about desiring to be leaders one day. To build their lives in such a way that they are qualified to be leaders. Men, brethren, it's time for courage in the Lord's church. If you have the qualifications to be a leader, step up. Step up. You're going to be judged on it, so you might as well do it. Imagine telling the Lord, well, I know you gave me these blessings called talents, but I buried them in the sand. If God gave you those qualities, He helps you to be qualified. By all means, stand up and step up. We need courage in the Lord's church. We need men with steely backbones that will stand in the gap, that will keep the wolves out, that will protect the flock and feed it and care for it and love it. I encourage every man here to build his life in such a way that he can step up and be a leader for God. We need it. God cries out for leaders. Who's going to hear the call? He told Joshua, if you'll be strong and courageous, I'll be with you wherever you go. And the the promise is the same to you and I today. There's some of you sitting there right now saying, He's he's, he's preaching to me. He's he's, mm, He's putting it in my ribs. Leave me alone. But I'm not going to do it. Because God gave you those qualities. He gave you those qualifications uh, that you could meet. It's going to be a sad day if you get up there and say, hey, I buried them in the ground. Don't do it. Step up. Step up. You'll be blessed more than you ever know. One that I didn't put on here, and I'm going to end it on this. And I know the kiddos are coming in here. But I've got to I gotta say this. Talked about it all week. I've alluded to it all week. It's a time for strength. We're living in a world that wants to turn us into cowards, wants to send us off running scared in the hills. But we need men and women of strength. I want my children, my daughter Olivia, my son Philip, my daughter Lily, if I'm not here tomorrow, if for some reason I die, in my sleep tonight I hope that my brothers and sisters step up into the gap that they can see within them the qualities and the character and the courage that they need to see to remain faithful unto death we owe it to each other we owe it to each other's children if for some reason I fall in the traces and the In the harness tomorrow, somebody else has got to pick up the load. The work of the church has got to go on. Something happens to Daniel tomorrow, somebody else has got to step up into the gap. It it doesn't have to be a man that went through the preaching schools. It takes a man with the love of God and His Word in his heart. It's time for godly men and women everywhere to stand up and step up and become soldiers of the cross. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Tim hit on this tonight, and I love his point. There's a reason they're first in the lake. Because they had their whole life to stand up and step up, and they wouldn't do it. So the Lord's going to just push them off the diving board there at the end. They're going to get to be the first ones to experience what is to come. I don't want that. I don't want to experience. I'd rather experience a little, a little uh, nervousness. Tim is a little nerve racking getting up to preach a little bit, isn't it? But God will give you the strength if you'll do it. If you'll step up, God will more than meet you halfway. Let's not be cowards. Let us have backbones of steel. Let's stand up and serve God with all we have. Adam Street Church of Christ can be better than it's ever been before. But it's going to take everybody stepping up, putting all their logs on the fire. Let's not allow the termites of of sin to weaken the Lord's church in any way. Whatever we've got to do to remedy the problem, to build the Lord's church back up, patch the holes, let's make it stronger than it's ever been before. Let's kick the termites out and let's do all we can till we get to go home and be with Jesus in heaven. If you need to become a child of God tonight by being buried with Him in baptism, repenting, your old life turning away, He can wash those sins away and can add you to this beautiful church. If you've fallen by the wayside, if you've not stood up and stepped up, do it tonight. Be determined to live your life different. Don't live another day like you've been living. Step up and be the child of God that you always could have been, that God has hope And the desire for you to be. Let's stand up together tonight as we stand and sing.